This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far-left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Welcome to the Godless Godless Revolution. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Monday, June 4th. This is episode 208. I am Dan Ellis, joined in studio by a couple other fantastic fellows. Oh, thank you. Hello. Yeah, we missed you last week. Thanks, man. Yeah. We did for sure. I, you know, I could uh, be accused of not caring about this show because uh, <laughs> last week I forgot all about it while I was working on my car. And this week I didn't bring any fucking sh- stories. Damn it. And you're the story bringer. I do have some that I uh, didn't get to last time I was here, but. Um, but you got your car all fixed up? Yeah. Um, was it the alternator then? Mm-hmm. Was it? I let Brandon and Brevin work on it because they like doing so car it's stuff, not fixed but, well i kept an <laughs> eye on what they were doing things. they did break other things did they? they broke the, the tensioner pulley oh, oh no Be- because i apparently when i said it's probably reverse threaded that probably was just enough of wiggle room to just do it standard and not even uh, check uh, and so when they were tightening it down they ended up just bending that whole bar because uh they yeah. thought it was going the other way Mm. So when I tried to straighten it back out, it just snapped off. Just sheared, oh. sheared the bolt right off. So, so then you had then they so they just caused more work for you. Well, that one, yeah. I actually i I went to I don't know if I should say the names of places. Uh, Mike's. I went to a black and orange auto area. Uh-huh. Okay, a zone <laughs> of auto. Ah, yes. And because uh, I I go to there and I go to uh, Bill O'Reilly's. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I didn't know where I got, I already bought a tensioner pulley a couple of years ago and I didn't know which one I went to. So I went to AutoZone and I, and they looked it up and they're like, they brought out the part and it was just the pulley, but I actually needed the bar. And oh, so right. I'm like, oh, I thought it all came together. And they're like, well, we don't sell that other part. And I'm like, oh, then I guess I got it at O'Reilly's. And they're like, well, if you got it there, then they have a lifetime warranty on all their stuff. And I'm like, oh, well, thanks for given me the information and a reason to never, ever come back to your store again. <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> and does their warranty cover like teenage boys? Apparently, apparently so, because he asked me how I did it and I told him and he replaced it. Oh, so. nice. oh it, it's no money lost to him. It's not I, his company. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. cool. But so you got all the, both the parts and yeah. Yep. Yep. Good. Good. What else have you been doing over the last couple weeks now? Um, been doing some gardening and I decided to start drawing all over my car for some reason. Oh, nice. yeah. So that's been fun. Uh, do you have, do you have the draw? Are they out there now? In- no. Uh, I'm in Danielle's car tonight. Uh, so what are you drawing on your car? Dicks. A bunch of random shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you, what are you drawing on it with? Marker. Yeah. Like Sharpies. Oh, so you, so it can be removed? Oh, no. No. Uh, Oh, Sharpie. Oh, sorry. I was thinking dry erase for some reason. Oh, no, no. Yeah. It's been no. a long, been a long few days. Permanent stuff. Uh, well, you'll have to bring it next week so I can check it out. 
Oh, you got a picture here. There's a monkey and some flowers. <laughs> That's the very bad wizard logo. Oh, nice. I like it. And this, let's see, this looks like it's on the rear quarter panel. Yeah. Very nice. I like that. Have you, have you checked out the, uh, I sent you the. That looks badass. RSS feed for another one of the shows that we're supporting. Oh yeah. I'm, uh, I've already listened to all their stuff. Yeah. It's good stuff. It is good. It's, it's very, it's very bad wizard like. Yeah. Yeah. I actually get the two shows, uh, confused sometimes. Yeah. I could see that. Uh, between Embrace the Void and Very Bad Wizards, because it's the two hosts and they talk about very similar things a lot of the time. And they're both really good shows. I like them both. Mm-hmm. So for you in the listening audience, yeah, Very Bad Wizards and Embrace the Void. I, I listen to both of those and think they're both really good shows. Oh, what have you been doing? More video fun. Yeah. Playing with police officers and drift cars and. Shooting more videos tomorrow with Lamborghinis. Drifting Drift cars? What's a drift car? It's Well, it's the guy's got a car built specifically for drifting, basically driving it sideways down the street. Oh, right, right. So when he goes, we're doing a commercial about roundabouts, and he basically just took the thing sideways through the whole roundabout, just kept going around and around and around, and until it blew up after the last run. It blew up? Well, I guess it's a common <laughs> is, occurrence. Is he okay? <laughs> no, like his like in no? the uh, his his turbocharger, the hoses blew off on it, and he's like, "Yeah, it happens all the time. <laughs> happens all the time because I'm putting my car through." Well, it, I mean, he a tra- lot. he it's a car he takes on a trailer, so it's not a, the thing's not street legal by any means. Yeah, I mean, half the thing comes off on purpose. So you got one of the big lever, yeah, brakes yeah, in the it? big yeah. lever brake, and yeah. pulling on it, and the race bucket seats and the roll cage inside of it, and. Yeah, so I know so. what drifting is. I didn't know if, if all of our listeners yeah. would know. But I, I explained to Tracy last night because Sarah was at the Pride Festival with us yesterday yeah. and, and told me that you were out doing that. And uh, so I came home and, you know, just in conversation with Tracy, I was like, oh, she asked if, if you had come to the festival. And I said, oh, no, he's out filming some stuff. And she's like, well, what is he filming? And I said, apparently they're filming instructions like a PSA on how to use roundabouts and they've got a car that, you know, I was drifting around. I'm like, that'd be kind of cool. And she's like, what's that? And so I tried to <laughs> tried to explain yeah. what drifting is to her. And I'm like, there's a lot of really cool videos. Oh, out yeah. there. I don't know if you've seen the videos from the guy. I think he drives a little Subaru around, but there's like all kinds of videos where he's like, you know, drifting all through San Francisco streets and everything and around trolley cars. And it's really fucking cool. Well, I know I've seen, I think I can't remember if it's the Red Bull driver. Mm-hmm. That I see him doing on, on a runway, yeah. where he's like drifting in and out of hangars and between them and around aircrafts and oh yeah, dude, really and it's expensive shit. The the one guy, the the few videos that I've seen of his, it's like super precision driving oh, yeah. too. Like he's within just inches and sometimes fractions of inches oh, yeah. of different obstacles that he's moving around while drifting the whole time. Well, when when he showed up, he's like, I got to warm my tires up, so uh-huh. he pulls the car off the trailer. Gets in, gets gets the engine warmed up and running and stuff, and starts just rubbing them vigorously. Pretty much, uh, <laughs> no. But then he he takes it, and there's the light poles with the the concrete around them, like mm. little little island. Mm-hmm. And he's literally doing a donut around the island, keeping his bumper like right next to the concrete. And from his back bumper to the front bumper, if he was off by a few inches, he would have been on the curb. Oh yeah, dude, it's nuts. And I'm like, this is his it's fucking. It's nuts, like warm-up. how well they know their vehicle and yeah. how big it is and everything. 
And he's just doing it. He just nonchalantly gets off, and that's how he warms his tires up. And then, he, of course, he gets out, and he's actually taking a, a, a temperature reading of his tires to make sure, okay, yeah, I'm good to go oh, wow. do a bigger drift. So he was legit yeah. warming his so tires up like, taking measurements So when they do, like, drift competitions and stuff, do they need, like, tire fluffers yeah. in between? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> no joke, they do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? They have somebody else get in their car to no, just warm up the tires? No, they, they warm them up, and they put uh, heating pads on the tires to keep them warm. They'll actually cover them in these donuts. They're electric like blankets for their tires oh, wow. to keep the rubber warm. Huh. Learn something every day, mm-hmm. I suppose. They do that with uh, race cars. Like yeah. Indy cars and stuff will do the same thing, wrap them up to keep them warm. If like if the race gets called, huh. like, oh, my tires were just perfect. So they'll wrap the tires up in heat blankets and before huh. they go back out on the track. For those that don't know, fluffer is a porn term. It is. Like <laughs> in between shots when... Uh, they keep it. They get a new ready. guy on there to keep the tires warm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they keep everything fluffy. Um, yeah. That's why I talked to, I mean, I mean, I kind of mentioned it a little bit while you were telling us what you were doing. Uh, we had the Pride Festival over the weekend, the Salt Lake City Pride Festival. And it was really good. Uh, I think this was one of the better. Pride festivals that uh, we've had in Salt Lake City. Well, I, as I saw far as just like news. organization and okay. stuff. Well, I saw on the news it, it's there. It's the largest one they've had over hundred thousand people at it. Oh yeah, it was crazy busy for sure. Uh, we did a lot, a lot of business, and we were right across from the Episcopal I, Church's I booth. I saw that in that photo you put up. <laughs> and really, I mean, if you're going to believe in and or worship an invisible bully in the sky. Really, That's I would, one? if you're going to join a Christian church, the Episcopal Church is probably one of the best options out there. They're very open. Uh, they let women hold, uh, higher positions in the church. They ordain women. They, uh, do same sex marriage within the church. It's very, it's very open and compassionate it's, and, and it's progressive. Yeah. Very progressive. As far as religion goes. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> as, fa- as far as a Christian church goes, they're very progressive. Uh, but so Saturday they, and, and to be fair, yes, it's a church, but they also weren't like selling any merchandise. So they didn't have any oh, candy that they were passing out or anything. It was just like, Hey, we're the Episcopal church. Come and talk to whoever is sitting at our booth for whatever reason you would want to do that. Yeah. Um, where, you know, at our booth, we've got a bunch of fun bumper stickers and yeah, key mugs and bottle openers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Fuck, what else have we got? All kinds Three of pens. Yeah, all kinds of fun stuff over yeah. there. And then you can stop by and we've got a little ask an atheist section and everything. So it's a much more engaging thing. And there's people coming to purchase things that yeah. are that they think are funny or fun or whatever. But over at the Episcopal booth, they didn't really have any of that. It's just some guy uh, sitting behind a table who's there with a church and so like the first, the first day, honestly, I think there were four people all day long. Like uh, I, I tried to keep track of how many people actually stopped by the booth. <laughs> and I think all day long, there were four people who stopped by. Damn. And, and so then Sunday I get there. And first thing I notice is that they've got, uh, a young, very attractive woman sitting at the uh. table with a very low cut dress. And, and all of us were like, I'll bet they get more people stopping by the booth today. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they did. They? <laughs> they did. They got a lot more people stopping they got by. Five. Yeah, no. I think well well, and then they had, you know, and then they would they change they would change off. I think they had three people t- in total that I saw, like oh, okay. you know, sitting at the booth in at one particular point or another. 
but the the only times that I saw people actually stop by the booth was when she was there. It wasn't it wasn't when it was just the 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 guys mm. sitting there, which was kind of funny. But um, we had <laughs> she's just like, excuse me, God's up here, <laughs> <laughs> and she seemed really nice. You know, we waved and everything. I I didn't go over and talk to him. I I meant to, and I kept forgetting, or or getting too busy to do it. Uh, but yeah, it was. It was a great, great Pride Festival. Uh, we had tons of traffic at our booth. It was pretty much nonstop and steady both days. Uh, my, I was very tired. Yeah. After the first day, well, after both days, but yeah, I mean, just packing all the shit up, sorting through it all, getting it organized, taking it there, unloading it, setting it up, and then selling stuff to people all day long, having conversations with people. I had a bunch of really, really cool and fun in, uh, conversations with people both days. Uh, Saturday in particular, just, I, I was working the table and talking to people and, uh, there were two or three times just throughout the day where my voice was just <laughs> gone. Like it, like it stopped functioning for a little while and I'd have to recover for a little bit. Um, that's probably why I sound a little hoarse today, maybe too. Um, but yeah, yeah it was just, I love the pride festivals because everybody walking around is just. Happy to fucking be there, yeah. you know, happy to be in contact and in close quarters with a bunch of people who are just there to celebrate them for being, for being allowed to be who they are. Yeah. You know, where they, where they can travel the entire festival grounds and just feel free to be who they are. They don't have to hide the fact that they're gay or lesbian or trans or, or anything like that. They can just be who they are as, as an essential human being and be there to support other people who are doing the same thing. And so it's just this, it's this giant love fest of just people being happy to be there and to be out and to be free from all of the, all of the other judgments and shit that comes along in regular quote unquote polite society. Well, I, I just love the fact that the pride parade gets more attendance in the days of 47 Mormon sponsored parade. Oh yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. We didn't march in the parade this year, uh, but we did attend the festival. Uh, I think we may do both next year. We'll have to see how the pricing goes. Cause they're just every year it gets more and more expensive yeah. and it's not like a little bit more expensive. It's not a difference of, it's not like they're going up, you know, five or 10 or $15. It's like hundreds of dollars of difference year over year to participate in these things and it's just getting very, very expensive. Yeah. I hope that there are people at the, at the Utah pride center who realize that that is going on and sure they do this as a big fundraising campaign for them every year, which is perfectly fine. I have no problem with them doing that. And I think it's good that they do it and it's good that they can raise a lot Mm -hmm. of money doing it. But I hope that they, don't get to a point where they just keep increasing the price more and more and more every year to where they're the people who are there and have always been there supporting them like atheists of Utah and a bunch of other smaller groups who don't have a whole lot of money can't come are anymore. priced out of participating. Yeah. You know, I don't, I would hate to see a day that it's only politicians and yeah. large corporate interests that are marching in it, the parade and have booths at the festival. Well, it's commercialized. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think I I think that would be really sad. And they do offer price breaks for nonprofit organizations and stuff like that. But uh, it's just it's 
ridiculously expensive to yeah. participate in those types of uh, activities these days. I, w- I wonder if state of Utah just keeps charging him more and more and more for liquor licenses for the event. Well, and that's possible too. And so this year, like I say, I think this year it was very, very well organized. They had their shit together. Uh, they're pooping a group. It was all fantastically well done. And they uh, said that they put a lot of time and effort into planning it all so that they don't have to reinvent the wheel every year as far as where booths will be located, where they're going to have food trucks and water stations and all that kind of stuff. Uh, they they did a whole lot of pre-festival planning so that they can reuse this this particular setup year after year going forward, which I... I'm fan. I'm really, really happy that they did that and that they did such a good job with it. It was, it was really, really well run. The one caveat to that is that apparently this year there was something that changed in the state's liquor laws where, you know, typically here in Utah, you have to have a closed off area. It has to be fenced off so that you can't take alcohol outside the venue area. And then you have to go to one location to get a wristband. Yeah. You know, your ID and you get like stupid. a wristband. So that you can then get in another line to go and purchase alcohol. Yeah. And so when the first, when the festival first started on Saturday, I kept checking around all over the place. I went to all of the different beer and, and wine stations and then went out to the, the main pride, uh, the, the booth from the pride center yeah. at the main entrance, asking them where to get a wristband and nobody knew. And then one person that I spoke with said that. They weren't sure how they were going to handle it because there had been a change in the law to where now in order to even issue a fucking wristband to somebody, you had to have gone to a class and be certified in how to check IDs and make sure, and like you had to be certified in order to give people a fucking wristband in order to purchase alcohol at a different location. It's a machine. And so, no, they didn't, well, they didn't have card readers or oh, anything. Okay. Like the, you, they couldn't just scan your, your ID. Like and so they weren't sure how they were going to handle it. And for hours at the start of the festival, nobody had any idea what they were going to do, which is okay because here in Utah, you can't serve alcohol before 1130 or something yeah. like that. Um, so but apparently they, they got it figured out and were able to do it. But that was the, that was the one thing that out of and, All of and, it. and, for the logistics of oh, yeah. getting everybody there, setting it all up, that is a very niggling little complaint at all, and especially when it seemed to have been something that was out of their control yeah, and that they didn't know about. Yeah, it sounds like the Utah lawmakers who have nothing better to do are trying to make it harder and harder and harder. And oh, absolutely. To just yeah. be able to, 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 to go out of their way to make sure they're not accommodating to adults. Uh, Jack Mormons and homos <laughs> or anybody else who wants to drink Satan's urine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was a great, great time. Um, I, I told you guys pre-show that they, they had our booth or the atheists of Utah booth next to, it's like a community outreach program between it's an initiative that was started by the Utah pride center, mm-hmm. uh, where they bring in officers from various police departments, uh, to be, kind of ambassadors for the LGBTQ community as officers. So it's, you know, lesbians and gays and, and bi people and trans people who happen to be officers act as ambassadors and emissaries for the community within the police departments. And so they had their booth there and we're giving more information out about it. And there was a food truck there that sold like they called it donuts, but it was basically fry bread with frosting on it. (laughs) 
And so Sunday, so, you know, we were, we were next to him all day Saturday and chatted with him off and on. And they're, they're, they're all really, really nice people. And Sunday I got there and was setting everything up. And then Kyle and Jesse arrived and, and we were getting things set up and the, the officers started showing up at their booth. And I noticed that one of them brought over this big tray of those donuts. And I was like, come on, guys, seriously, come on, cops and donuts. You're going to be perpetuating the stereotype. Give me a break. Come on. And one of the, one of the officers there was like, Hey, if it's any consolation, you know, I really liked donuts before I was ever an officer. So it's, it's not, not something that's just only because I'm an officer that I like donuts. But now you have them more often, right? I mean, donuts officer? are pretty good. I yeah, like donuts are. a lot. I do. I like donuts. <laughs> I just thought it was funny, though, like, of yeah. all the food choices there, they came back with, with this big fucking tray, tray of donuts for the officers. Yeah, for sure. That uh, was fun. Uh, but yeah, a lot of fun conversations. Apparently, there were a bunch of protesters that I never even saw because they've got their little protest area yeah. well, that's why outside I'd, I'd, the festival. Yeah, grounds. I had asked Sarah if she saw, she saw any. She's like, I didn't see any protesters. Yeah, and the only the only negative interaction that we had all weekend was some woman who came walking by and like it was it was a it was a I don't know some weird religious walk by. <laughs> you know, she just I'm I'm talking to somebody like Jesse and Kyle were uh running the merchandise portion of the booth and we we're selling stuff to everybody and I was talking to people on the Ask an Atheist side and so I was talking to somebody having this conversation and I just kind of hear like in the background somebody yelling and everything. And I turned around just in time to see this woman walking away still yelling something and Jay's and Jesse's just standing there like, "Okay, thanks. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, 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 okay. Bye. Okay." <laughs> and just, you know, just waving and saying okay as she was walking by screaming. Uh apparently she was screaming something about how you know, there's, we wouldn't even be there if it weren't for God. So, well, you know, we're, we're there as atheists and, but we wouldn't even actually be there. Like we wouldn't have been created if it weren't for God. And now we're, you know, blaspheming him basically. Yeah. It's really shitty that he made us this way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, you just need to have the one person yell, prove it. Well, and it, it just, I don't know. It bothered me that she didn't come over and like try to have a conversation with yeah. us. Like, I'm I'm way open to having conversations with people that I disagree with, especially if they're if they if they want to do that. Like I want to figure out what makes this person tick, yeah. right? Like why why not, would you choose to do that? They're not used to people being open to a disagreement, though. Yeah, you know, they grew up in that bubble of you. You're not allowed to challenge religion. Period. Yeah, yeah. How God will you, not be mocked. Yeah. How dare you question God? Yeah. That fucker. So I, you know, I, I turned around as, as she was walking away and I was like, what was that all about? And Jesse kind of told me what she was saying and everything. And I looked further down the sidewalk and I was like, well, where did she go? I'm hoping she comes back and wants to talk to us because I want to talk to her. But she like disappeared into thin air. Because she was God. <laughs> A drive-by shouting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah drive-by shouting. <laughs> A walk-by shouting. Oh, yeah. Walk-by. Um, but yeah, it was a great time. Like I said, had a lot of fantastic conversations with with. Uh, a bunch of different people. Uh, there were a lot of pagans at the festival hmm. this year who stopped by our booth and said, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not Christian or Mormon or anything, but I am pagan. And I was like, well, okay. Okay. Yeah. Good for you. I guess. I mean, that's, like, that's, that's better than a lot of other religions, I suppose. Sure. Right now. Yeah. 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 These I mean, days, it's, it's... currently. 
it's it still opens you up to being just really wrong about things yeah, exactly. and, and, and not examining them more carefully not not being critical or skeptical about them but i don't know you're as, as long as you're not actively harming other people or yourself i suppose it's fine it's, yeah it's just kind of like the it's kind of like the hippie like yeah anti-establishment group that's like I really want to be spiritual, but I really hate big crowds. So, <laughs> so I'm going to join a drum circle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then there was this other really cool group who was like two rows across from us, but we could see through the other booths and, and, uh, it's, it was, it was, uh, uh, science on tap. And is it like a beer science club? Well, so I was I was really curious because they 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 were selling these really really short shorts, and on the back of it it said uh, "tap that." <laughs> and I'm like, that's uh, kind of courting yeah. that's courting disaster right there. Yeah. But but so they they had, they were selling these really short shorts, and it said "science on tap," and I was like, "Ooh, is it about like home brewing or yeah. what, you know what are they talking about the science behind how alcohol is made that yeah. kind of stuff?" And Partway through the day on Saturday, uh, one of the one of the women who was running the booth over there came over, and she's like, "Hey, I saw you guys from across the way, atheists. I'm sure you guys are way into science, and that's what like we're all about over here at Science on Tap. So I wanted to come and say hi, and you know, since we're probably very simpatico in a lot of the things that we believe and don't believe, and uh, I said, well, yeah, I noticed you guys' booth. What do you what do you do over there? And she said that they uh, basically organize." science talks at bars oh nice so they'll, that's, oh, that's freaking cool. rad yeah yeah so they bring in an actual scientist <laughs> to a bar to have a to have a talk and address the audience at the bar so it's science on tap and i might have to go find them on facebook and go to one of their events. oh yeah sounds <laughs> sound totally cool and i'm like oh you know and we chatted for a little while and i'm like i'll have to come by and stop by your guys's booth and i didn't i didn't happen to swing by saturday uh but then sunday when I was out looking to have my beard glittered, yeah, I, I walked over to their booth and I'm like, oh, I'm so glad you guys are here. So I didn't come over yesterday. And so I signed up uh, to get more information from them and said, we'll have to have you come on the show and talk more about it. Cause yeah, that's, that'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. And they're local. And nice. I was like, yeah, well, you should come over and be on the show. And she's like, Oh yeah, that'd be so much fun. I really look forward <laughs> to it. So they'll be a guest eventually Cool on the show, which should be a lot of fun. Should we talk about some other stuff? Yeah, let's see what's fucked up in the world. Some major fuckeries? All right. My name is Mandisa Thomas, and I am the founder and president of Black Nonbelievers Incorporated here in Atlanta, Georgia. You may find us at blacknonbelievers.org. You can also find me on Patreon at patreon.com backslash Mandisa Latifa. And you are listening to The Godless Revolution. Hey, just, th- just think about the Muslims at this moment, who are blowing themselves up, okay, convinced that they are agents of God's will. There is absolutely nothing that Dr. Craig can, can say against their behavior in moral terms, apart from his own faith-based claim that they're praying to the wrong God. Okay, if they had the right God, what they were doing would be good on divine command theory. Now, I'm obviously not saying that all that Dr. Craig or all religious people are psychopaths and psychotics, but this to me is the, is the true horror of religion. It allows perfectly decent and sane people to believe by the billions what only lunatics could believe on their own. If you wake up tomorrow morning thinking that saying a few Latin words over your pancakes is going to turn them into the body of Elvis Presley, you have lost your mind. 
Okay. But if you think more or less the same thing about a cracker and the body of Jesus, you're just a Catholic. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. All right, Matt, what'd you bring for us this week? Uh, this comes from a religious news service. RNS. Uh, Andrew Seidel wrote this little I like piece. that guy. He's yes. a smart cookie. Uh, the, First Am- the First Amendment Defense Act. So already you can tell who authored that. Yeah. <laughs> is a Senate bill that is not the bulwark its name suggests, but the latest salvo in the ongoing attempt to redefine religious freedom as religious privilege. Yeah, it's that whole thing about like the Clean Air Act that gutted EPA regulations yeah. on actually keeping our air clean. Yeah. It does nothing to defend the First Amendment. In fact, it violates it. To understand just how awful the First Amendment Amendment Defense Act is and grasp what a discriminatory, discriminatory disaster it would be for the country, we need to back... Oh, my God. I missed one week. <laughs> you, I was going to say, you're gone for one week, <laughs> and then you can't read anymore. We need to get back to the basics <laughs> of the First Amendment itself. The constitutional amendment is beautifully concise. Quote, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Those six rights, a secular government, free exercise of religion, free speech, free press, assembly, and petitioning your government, have two things in common. First, none is unlimited. Second, though not absolute, all six seek to protect the one absolute right that we do possess, the freedom of thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It might seem odd for a constitutional attorney to point out that other than the freedom of thought, all our rights can be can and should be curtailed in certain circumstances. But it's true. Even the free exercise of religion can be limited. Most closely. Oh, my God. What? That's not there's those aren't even the letters. (laughs) Look closely at the language and the amendment makes this clear. The free exercise clause prevents the government from prohibiting the free exercise of religion. It does not prevent the government from regulating uh, from regulating conduct that might be religiously motivated. Free exercise can be burdened, encumbered, hampered, impeded, strained, and hindered. It cannot be prohibited. For believers, this means that your right to believe cannot be impinged in any way, but your right to act on those beliefs can. Yeah. This is where our conflict arises. The conflict is between belief and action. People can believe whatever they like. They're free to believe the voices they're hearing in their heads are the voice of God, or that thetans and evil spirits make us sad, or that the <laughs> earth is only a few thousand years old. Or uh, flat. Right. <laughs> they're even free to believe, as the owner of a Colorado cake shop does, that the, that a guy named Jesus was a carpenter and that he wouldn't have made a bed for a gay couple. <laughs> But the right to act on those beliefs is by no means absolute. The First Amendment Defense Act seeks to upend this enduring understanding of our rights. It elevates religiously motivated action to the same plane of absolute protection that has been reserved for the freedom of thought. Uh, The bill is not about protecting religious belief. It's about protecting speech and action based on religious belief. Uh, Yet the act does not extend this privilege to all religious beliefs. Under it, some religious beliefs are more privileged than others. 
In an uh, unbelievable overreach, Senator Mike Lee of Utah and the 21 co-sponsors of this bill actually singled out the religious beliefs that they deemed worthy of protection. Wait, wait. Let me stop you. Mike Lee was was co-sponsor of terrible legislation? That's such a surprise. Yeah. Yeah, not from this state. (laughs) Uh, Only two made the cut. One, marriages between one man and one woman. Which is interesting because Mike Lee is a Mormon, uh-huh. and he cl- clearly says one woman in here. Oh, well, in as as that's as far Modern, as their temporal existence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. I mean, he can't really write laws for the afterlife yeah. yet. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and number two, sexual relations outside marriage are improper. Uh, what they want to make that law? Yeah. Oh, uh, welcome to the Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. Uh, singling out specific religious beliefs for entitlement violates, uh, rather than defends the first amendment. I read that with a weird emphasis, but (laughs) (laughs) with a weird emphasis, emphasis. (laughs) as the two chosen beliefs make clear, the first amendment defense act is not about the first amendment. It's about legalizing discrimination against LGBTQ Americans in the Mm -hmm. name of God. Mm hmm. But what about the bakeries and florists and other businesses that are forced to serve all customers, even those condemned by their faith? Isn't this bill just allowing them to act out of their faith? Uh, act out their faith? Remember, the right to act on religious beliefs is not absolute. Thomas Jefferson and the Supreme Court, writing a hundred years apart, used the same obvious example to prove this important point human sacrifice. If people believe in a God that a God is commanding them to sacrifice their child, as has been known to happen in the Mm -hmm. Bible, do they have a right to act out their faith? Obviously not. They cannot. uh, They can believe the command is real and divine, but they are not exempt from laws against murder because of that belief. Nobody is telling bakeries or florists or any business that happen to be run by a Christian that the owner cannot hold or even express those beliefs. But just as belief is not a license to murder, it's not a license to discriminate. Or shouldn't Uh, be anyway. Yeah. Well, it is now. But (laughs) we have anti-discrimination laws because without them, businesses can and have made second-class citizens of entire races, religions, and nationalities. Bigots have often justified discrimination by invoking their religious beliefs. Uh, Jefferson told us, quote, the legitimate powers of government extend to such acts only as are injurious to others. Uh, but it, but it does me no injury for my neighbor to say there are 20 gods or no God. It neither picks my pocket nor breaks my leg. Close quote. If religion mandates picking pockets, breaking legs, or discriminating against other citizens, it comes under the purview of our secular law. No belief, no matter how fervent, and no law, no matter how slyly named, should change that. There's no religious right to infringe the rights of others. The First Amendment Defense Act is a bad bill. It should die a quiet death in the Senate Judiciary Committee, just as it did in 2015. Sounds like it was named by Frank Luntz. He's the one who came up with shit like the Clean Air Act. That, Like, how yeah. are you going to argue against an act called the Clean Air Act? Mm-hmm. And it's all it's all wordsmithing a particular narrative that, yeah, it, he's he's done a lot of damage to to politics and and regular decent political discourse and then he's and now it bothers me because now he's you know seen as this great and wonderful political pundit with a really fucking terrible hairpiece 
who conducts polls asking people questions about, you know, why they think the way they do when it's like, dude, you're responsible for a lot of the reasons people have such shitty thinking about things like this. He's, he's, he's a dickhead. Yeah. I don't like Frank Luntz. <laughs> and I wish that they would stop having him on respectable news programs. Like send that guy over to Fox News yeah, and he can say. talk his fucking ass off. Um, it, uh, so I mentioned Handmaid's Tale while you were talking about that. And it reminded me that during the Pride Festival, uh, one of my cousins, I, I don't know how the first and second cousin and what's removed and all that bullshit. Yeah. God, he's a fucking ogre. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. Frank Luntz is terrible. Uh, <laughs> but, but, uh, so I'm at the Pride Festival and I, I, I always just call her my cousin, uh, my cousin Sherry, but it's my, Jesus, how Uncles. are we related? It's my grandmother's sister's daughter. That's third? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's like first mm. cousin once. I don't know how that shit works. And Tracy, like, Tracy's explained it to me several times. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really fucking care. Yeah. <laughs> so I never remember. Draw- and then I have this conversation all the time. We're like, I don't know how it works. Just draw a tree. Even though Tracy's fucking explained it to me several <laughs> times now. I don't really pay attention because I don't care a whole lot. Uh, so my cousin, Sherry, was at the, was at the festival with her wife. And, uh, they stopped by and we're just chit chatting and everything. We start talking about different television shows that we're watching. And I was like, Oh, are you guys watching The Handmaid's Tale? And they're like, Oh yeah, it's so good. And I said, Man, we were watching it the other night and I turned to Tracy and I'm like, This is fucking terrifying. And Tracy turned around and she's like, Oh really? It's scary for you. <laughs> it's terrifying for you. This is, this is terrifying for you. And I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah. Me, the yeah. large white straight male. Still find this terrifying. <laughs> well, yeah, it is still terrifying. Yeah, it is. It, it's wow. Are you watching this season? I haven't seen season. I got to, I still got to finish up season one. I listened to the, so I listened to it as a podcast first. There's a podcast for it? Before the season one came out, uh-huh. we did a podcast, an audio drama podcast of The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, I didn't know that. At the end of it, they said, hey, now stay tuned or look for it in the future on whatever channel it came out on or on Hulu. Hulu. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Hulu exclusive show. I'm like, oh, shit, they're making a show about it. Then it was like six months later, the show came out. Huh. I didn't know that. Season one. So I already know exactly. Season one was, and the audio drama were the exact same thing. Oh, okay. But they didn't do a season two of the audio drama. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking terrifying. And so many of the things that go on, they've, they've started, you know, inserting things from our current political climate oh, into the show and stuff. Yeah, but it's, it's fucking terrifying that like you can see how it would progress to where it gets yeah. into, in the handmaid's tale from people just being afraid. Yeah. And them perfect smoky eyes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I watched fucking Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh. do the white. They're the White House press briefing today. I, after all oh, of that damn. shit about Donald Trump now saying that he, that he, uh, basically authored the letter. Oh, yeah. For, In, you know, to explain why the Russians had their meeting um, at Trump Tower and everything, that he dictated the letter. Sorry, after Dad, previously I, can't, saying, I can't speak on those. You have to go talk to so and so. Yeah. After the first story being that they, you know, that he had no idea about it, and then yeah. it changed to, oh, yeah, well, we did meet, but it was to talk about Russian adoption. adoption. 
And then it was to talk about Hillary Clinton, but Trump still had no idea. And now he's the fucking author of the letter. And it's his lawyers that came out and said it. It's not like it's some other third party coming out and saying Trump dictated this letter. Yeah. It's his fucking lawyers. And then you got perfect smoky eyes saying, well, I can't comment on, you know, what the president's outside attorneys are saying. And it's like, yeah, you can. You can. That's you are the voice piece. And you're just fucking. Lying and deceiving people now and providing misinformation. Fake news. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking awful shit. Although I did watch uh, Wolf. She has a new TV show on Netflix. Uh Uh-huh. Not that good. Michelle Wolf. Yeah. Yeah. I was hoping for more. I, I've seen the, the ad for it, but I haven't watched any of the episodes. It was me and Sarah tried watching it last night and we both like, ah, not terrific. uh, Yeah. She does like fake commercial ads for stuff, and then throughout the show, it just keeps getting more extreme with the commercial on the same subject line. Oh yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, I've seen some of her stand up. She's funny. Just the show is not hitting the mark, and yeah. it's, it's new. So maybe she just hasn't found her rhythm yet. Yeah, I usually try to give shows like I'll watch three episodes, and if I'm not into it after the third, well, one, this was. Number three comes out next week, so oh, yeah. we'll see. It's oh. a weekly show, so she, it's it's current. Huh. So, well, yeah, it just, it just it just it just wasn't. I'll probably wait for a little while to see if other people let me know that it's worth my time to watch. <laughs> <laughs> like I have, I have a limited number of shows that I have time to actually watch because yeah. I'm so busy with everything. Well, she else, gets, so. she gets a few zingers in like, Oh yeah, that was fucking, that was awesome. That was funny. Yeah. Then I'm like, okay, when's the next one coming? Cause this is not getting good. kind of <laughs> like, I'm kind of embarrassed. You made this. <laughs> I, I feel a little bit bad for you. Like, cause this is not good right now. What you're doing. <laughs> Hi, this is Megan Kennedy. I'm a speaker with the Satanic Temple. You can find me on Twitter at Six Moments, and you're listening to The Godless Revolution. And why, why should they take offense that I don't believe in their God or any other God? And I'd say to them, you know, tell me the reasons why you don't believe in all the other gods, and that's the reason I don't believe in yours. And uh, I've got nothing against people believing in God at all, you know. Um, uh, in, in fact, if, if it, you know, did make you a kinder person, if you only did good things in his name, mm-hmm. then great, you know, but there's the rub. Uh, it's when uh, I see some of these religious fundamentalists saying that um, they've told their five-year-old children that if they turn out gay, they will burn in hell. Mm. That, to me, is child abuse. Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now. What else you got for us, Matt? Um, I've been watching You're the Worst. I've heard, well, Tracy loves that. She thinks it's fucking hilarious. It's, It's a good show. Yeah. I haven't even heard of that one. Yeah, she watches it quite a bit. Uh, and I've seen, I've seen like bits and pieces of episodes as I, you know, walk through wherever she's watching it. And the parts I've seen are, are pretty funny. Like they are really fucking terrible people. Oh yeah. They're all the worst. They're awful. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what's that on? Uh, Hulu. Okay. I'll go check it out. It looked like, like I said, the bits that I've seen of it were pretty funny, but they're good actors too. Like it, it's funny. And then there's also intense, but anyway, whatever. I, yeah. I was just, I was just joking that we were doing TV, a TV oh. podcast. Um, oh. I have some other like stuff that's more related to the show. Oh, okay. Well, go on. Let's do that then. Um, God, this one's, but the show's a rabbit hole. Yeah. Is. We go down, go down Mary trails. Yeah. 
All right, let's give this one a shot. I don't know who Mel Robbins is, but this was pretty interesting. I found it on CNN, and it's uh, it's Marty's brother. That's McFly. Marty, Marty Robbins. Marty Robbins. Yeah, Who's awesome. that? Uh, I thought you'd country say country folk singer Tony Marty or, Robbins or Tim. Yeah, yeah, no. Or, Christopher. Was, I'm older, sorry. Yeah, the only Marty I know is McFly. <laughs> you guys don't know who Marty Robbins is. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I do not. Uh, why Americans don't do anything about mass shootings, he says. This is apparently why he thinks that's the case. This is, this is what Mel thinks is the reason? Yeah. Or reasons, I'm guessing. Um, October 2017, the worst mass shooting in U.S. history took place at a country music concert in Las Vegas. 58 people were killed. More than 500 people injured. Yeah. And that's insane. Uh, Bill O'Reilly boiled the massacre down to six words. This is the price of freedom. Oh, fuck. <laughs> then the price, the price of freedom is too damn high. Yeah. I hate to say it, but he's right. Oh, fuck. I don't have anything more. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Sunday, just 34 days after Vegas, 26 people were gunned down and about 20 others were wounded during a church service in Texas. And here's what is literal. <laughs> you can do words, Matt. They're just words. Don't and be here's, afraid of the words. And here's what is really sick. We won't be surprised when there's another mass shooting next month. True. Nope. Maybe it'll be your church, your mall, your concert, your movie theater. That's the price of freedom. In America, we're free to stockpile weapons. We're free to order ammo online. We're free to outfit our guns with bump stocks like the Vegas shooter did. This is the price we pay for freedom, all right. The freedom to not give a damn. Tweeting prayers for the victims does not equal giving a damn. Feeling bad for a day or two does not equal giving a damn. Changing your Facebook profile photo to support the victims does not equal giving a damn. Giving a damn requires us to commit to solving the problem, and the fact is we have a serious problem in America with gun violence. The statistics speak for themselves. A mass shooting is defined as an event where at least four people are shot. We now have one every day in America if you adopt the broad definition used by the Gun Violence Archive. In fact, Vegas wasn't the only mass shooting on October 1st. It was just the biggest. Mm -hmm. There was one outside the University of Kansas on the same day. I did not know that, actually. When we care, we solve problems. The military cares. That's why the Air Force court-martialed the Texas shooter for assaulting his wife and child. Yeah. But we give no dams about gun violence, which is why a very deranged individual, as Donald Trump put it, was able to buy an AR-556 rifle. Or what? That's what it says. AR-556? Well, 5.56. Maybe that's the military designation for the caliber. Yeah. The Texas governor said the gunman applied for a license to carry a gun, but was denied by this, by the uh, state governor, Greg Abbott, uh, but was denied by the state governor. Greg Abbott asks a key question. So how was it that he was able to get a gun by all the facts that we seem to know he was not supposed to have access to a gun. So how did this happen? Uh, Congress doesn't care either. It's up to us to stop this public health crisis. And unfortunately, we haven't reached the tipping point like we have with cancer and opioids. Everyone knows something. Ha- uh, everyone knows someone who's been diagnosed with cancer. That's why we give a damn about solving the problem of cancer. Virtually everyone knows someone who's died of an opioid over- overdose. That's why there are enough to declare it a, pu- a public health crisis. We're danger- dangerously close to a moment in time 
when every one of us knows someone who's been shot in a mass shooting. And unfortunately, based on the research, that's what it's going to take for us to care. It has to become personal. Uh, Why the apathy? Until gun violence impacts your family directly, you won't care enough to do something about it. There's a ton of research to explain this apathy. After World War II, the famous Cambridge psychologist J.T. McCurdy studied an interesting phenomenon about the bombings in London in 1940 and 41. He found that people affected by the bombings fell into three categories. Those who died, those who were a near miss, um, who closely witnessed the horror of the bombings but lived, and those who had a remote miss, people who may have heard the sirens but were removed from the direct scene of the bombing. What's, here's what's interesting. McCurdy found the people who witnessed a near miss were deeply affected by the bombing while the remote miss group felt invincible and even excited. Hmm. Because it hadn't affected them personally. Well, but it, it's, yeah. it's close so that it could have been you, but not so close that there was like a real threat of danger. So you're, you're like, not concerned. Oh, yeah. you know, you just yeah. get a charge at it. Yeah. 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 Um, they were far enough away from the event and had survived, leading them to feel invulnerable and no longer scared. Um, until you've experienced a near miss, it's easy for your mind to compartmentalize mass shootings that you hear about, thinking they will never affect you. A great example of this is country musician Caleb Keeter, who performed at the concert in Las Vegas and experienced a near miss. He now cares. Mm-hmm. Yeah, changed his mind about it. Wrote up a whole big Facebook post and... Had a bunch of fans come and shit on him mm-hmm. for changing his views, for being open to changing his mind about something. Yeah, those are remote missed people. Yeah. But, but our, our political leaders won't change their minds when they're even involved in a shooting. Yeah. Uh, Keeter says, quote, I've been a proponent of the Second Amendment my entire life. Until the events of last night, we need gun control right now. My biggest regret is that I stubbornly didn't realize it until my brothers on the road and myself were threatened by it. Close quote. For Keeter, it became directly personal. The brutal question we all face is this one. When will gun violence become personal for a majority of Americans? Mm-hmm. 26 children, no, 20 children and six adults killed in Newtown wasn't enough to make a change. They weren't our kids or relatives. 49 young adults dancing at Pulse wasn't enough to make the change. Those weren't our brothers, sisters, sons, or daughters. 58 country music fans in Vegas weren't enough to make the change either. We weren't in the audience. And the 26 churchgoers in Texas won't be enough to make the change either. The truth is, in a few days, this news cycle will change and life will go on. And in the meantime, with a mass shooting every day in America, the death toll will keep rising. This will keep happening until it becomes personal. Can we please not wait for that tipping point? Can't we just commit to solving the problem instead? Uh, fixing the problem. Put our minds, put our best minds to work. We don't have to we don't have to agree on what causes a mass shooting. We just have to agree on what we want to solve uh, on. I'm going, I'm going home. <laughs> I give up. That's it. We just have to agree that what that we want to solve the problem of mass shootings. We don't need to know how to solve the problem. We just need to put our best minds into the task of solving it. We've already learned that arguing about the problem doesn't change anything. Instead, we need a different approach, looking toward a solution. Okay, dude. Yeah, what's your Yeah, solution? we need to kill enough people so that everybody is affected by it personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a moonshot approach, and it's worked for us before. In 62, when JFK spoke at Rice University, he announced his goal of landing an astronaut on the moon and his confidence in doing so. Kennedy didn't have his full plan yet. 
He didn't know exactly how a man would land on the moon. Uh, but he did know that uh, what he wanted the to. Oh my God! <laughs> he, he knew what he wanted. He just said, "Fuck it, we'll it. do it live." Right. Uh, using Kennedy's problem-solving approach, let's look at mass shootings in the USA from the same moonshot approach. Imagine if we said that by 2025 we wanted to be a nation that led the world in having the least number of mass shootings. Based on how divided we are now and how many tragic shootings happen in this country, that vision may seem dif- as difficult as landing a man on the moon. Creating this vision is a start because then we uh, we can work backward and make it happen. And we must start. We must admit that we have a problem and we want that we want to solve because it won't. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> because it won't. Because if we don't start now, we'll all be waiting like sitting ducks for the next psycho with too many guns, accessories and ammo to pick off our friends, family and children one by one. You'll face a direct hit, then you'll care. There's an answer to this problem. How how about we take the moonshot right now and commit to solving it? And just imagine, it's 2030, and on the news, a headline flashes onto the screen. USA has been free of mass shooting for years. Here's a look back at how it happened. That'd be nice. Yeah. Why does it take so long? Why, why does it take so long, and why does it take something to affect you personally in order to have a better or more well it's it's part of our psyche Uh, well yeah but i mean like i don't have any relatives who have been shot in a mass shooting and and i think most people don't but there are still a lot of people who recognize that we have a real fucking problem i was gonna say i think that that's much more of a conservative mindset problem yeah that for for people who who think in terms of conserve like conservative ways it's like I don't fucking give a shit. That ain't my problem. Well, I think you it's also I mean? yeah. just out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. It yeah. might be people miss or not the, uh, the verbiage is wrong to them. I'm getting words wrong too right now. <laughs> oh, fuck my brain. I'm having time of trouble formulating <laughs> the thoughts in my I know. That's, that's the whole point of our podcast is to get words over in my brain to people's ears. They're not coming out. The right ways. In a sensible way. Uh, I was watching Vice News had a student from the uh, Texas school that was involved, or he was one of the students in the art room mm. when that shooting happened. Yeah. And he was, they asked him to go out and, and tape around his town with his friends because it's a very conservative town. And a lot of them are like, oh, fuck no, we ain't giving up our guns. This ain't changing anything. To tape around his town. The videotape. Like interview people oh, in this town. Okay. Record, yeah. yeah. Uh, friends and that kind of stuff. And he was, he was recording one of his friends. And he's like, we don't need any more. We don't need any gun control. We don't need that. That's not what's going to solve the problem. We need better background checks. We need more accountability from gun owners. And like, dude, that's uh, that's what gun that's control gun is. <laughs> I think a lot of people equate it when they hear gun control or gun reform to take my guns. Yeah. That's that we need more direct control over your personal guns. Yeah. Where it's yeah. no, it's more of, hey. There needs to be more laws set in place on how you can acquire a firearm and what you are allowed to do with it, how you store that firearm, training you're required to have for it. So maybe it would be better to say that rather than gun control, we need better regulation. But but people don't like that word either. Yeah. But don't you just wish that we lived in a society where, where, people, need- where people had enough integrity and good sense to say- And empathy. To say, look, we have a major problem. I'm happy to give up my, my fucking hobby. I'll figure out something else to jack off on. <laughs> 
<laughs> so that more, so that kids don't continue to die. Yeah. Well, I thing- mean, that would be the nice, that would be the yeah. optimal thing because, and because the problem is we, I do want to take their guns. Yeah. I want to take all of them, take them all away because a lot of these guys aren't supposed to get guns anyway. They don't fit the criteria, but there's a million fucking guns in their whole neighborhood, in their house they live in. Some, you know, five other people in their house can get guns legally. Mm -hmm. So they go buy them, stick them in a drawer. Well, now the the guy that doesn't have, that shouldn't have access to it, that these laws are actually working on, they're not working because he could just go and pick one out. Yeah, it's stupid. Everyone has to get rid of them. The only country I can think of that actually has 100% zero guns allowed for their citizens, as far as I know, is Japan. That You can get guns in Japan. It's just really fucking hard. It's got to be really, really fucking because that's... that's, that's, that's but but citizens it, can get them, but it's just... Yeah. But other countries, like people say, well, Australia got rid of all their guns. Like, yeah, they did, but citizens are still allowed to yeah, have certain have types of firearms and possess guns underneath certain criteria. People in Europe are still allowed to possess firearms under any certain criteria. And they have like maybe one shooting a year, someone getting pissed off at a friend and shooting their friend or something. Yeah. Nowhere near the levels of, of gun violence. I mean, but the except, thing is, is they have Anders Brevik, but well, yeah, that was, but that's a one off, but they also have a lot of control over how you are able to get a firearm possessing them. Mm-hmm. I know some countries don't even let you have them in your house. You're allowed to own a firearm, but it has to be held right. in like a, like a, a police station and you have to sign it out and sign it back in when you want to go hunting or shooting. Yeah. It goes into an armory. Yeah. So, I mean, those countries that already have all those laws in place already prove, hey, guess what? In countries that have guns and have really good gun control measures, mm-hmm. don't have shootings. Yeah. Yeah, because they have they have measures put in place to make it extremely difficult for someone to get a hold of a gun that wants to do something bad with it. And yes, you can do damage with a car. You can do damage with a hammer or a fucking or a knife baseball, or a bat, baseball or a knife. bat or whatever the fuck. You but want who to has say killed? Who has who has wounded five hundred people with a fucking baseball bat or a fucking car? Babe Ruth. Oh no, wait. No, that was home runs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny uh, because I posted a meme out on our Facebook page. Yeah. Well, it wasn't even a meme. It was just a, a tweet from somebody that I posted on our Facebook page. And it said, uh, I captioned it and said, words are fun. You should use as many of them as you can. But it's from somebody on Twitter named Thomas underscore violence. Never heard of him. And it says, I love little cultural differences like how Americans are super offended by the word cunt. And that's referring to. Uh, uh, Michelle or B, uh, Samantha B, Samantha B, Samantha B calling Ivanka cunt. Yeah. Calling Ivanka Trump a cunt. Uh, so he says, I love little cultural dis- differences like how Americans are super offended by the word cunt, but here in Australia, we're super offended by school children being slaughtered with automatic weapons. And I thought that was funny. Yeah. That is funny because I like to use the word cunt and I'm so also, and I'm also upset about how many of our school children die no. and how many are afraid to go to school because they don't want to get shot. Yeah. Yeah. Because it happens here more. One time is too many. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. happens here a lot. Uh, 
So I so I posted that out there, and then your mom, Ryan, yeah, I know, commented, I saw this. <laughs> and so I'm sure that it was just because your mom commented yep. that one of uh, her friends. No, I'm actually fairly certain that this guy's a coworker of ah, hers. Ah. I think she can correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what I thought when I first saw it. Uh-huh. Well, because I so after he made his comment, I was like, well, "Who the fuck is this guy?" So yeah. I went and looked at his profile, and the only mutual friend we have is your mom. Yeah. So. <laughs> So, so he, he comes along after your mom commented and said that she's not so offended by that word anymore, but I'm, but I'm horrified that we let our children get slaughtered and can't find a simple fix for it. Then this guy must have seen, you know, in his feed that Laurie Duffy commented on something. So he comes over and he's just like, simple fix, hire veterans to be security at schools, one vet per hundred students, jobs for our vets, highly trained for an issue should it arise. And then in quotation marks, Make America great again. Make America great again. Wait, and, uh, what was the uh, Texas church shooter? Oh, yeah, a vet. <laughs> so I was just like, even simpler, get rid of guns. And so we have this little back and forth. And then, like, separate from our back and forth, your mom just commented yeah. and said, uh, Travis, <laughs> you have no idea who you're up against, but right now... Who you're up against right now, but it's fun to see you try. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Cause this guy's like, well, one of my comments that I made to him was just like, have you had this conversation? Dude, you're not talking to somebody who's not a gun owner, yeah. who hasn't been around guns, who hasn't researched it, who hasn't done a lot of debate about this. And you're talking to me like somebody who has never spoken to somebody with a different opinion on this. And then he just stopped commenting. Yeah. <laughs> I did like the comment that Jessica left that says, uh, most veterans are way overqualified for low level security jobs. We don't take care of our vets as is as much or as it is much less pay them what they are worth. Right. Yeah. And this guy basically wants to turn them into Walmart greeters with for, guns. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and they're you know it's possible that they're going to be dealing with PTSD issues. We don't want yeah. to put guns in their hands and have them around kids. Yeah, we don't want to have our kids feeling like they go to school in a prison. Yeah, I mean, there's just a whole bunch of reasons why that's a bad idea. Yeah, why it's not why it's not quite the simple fix that he no simple mindedly mm-hmm. figured. And, and not only that, but we can't even get cops to do the job when they're when they're hired for that exact purpose. Oh yeah, yeah, we have police. In the school who are supposed to be there for that kind of thing. Yeah, who are cowering cowering behind cars and behind walls and, you know. Well, actually, that the the video came out of that officer. Mm -hmm. He wasn't cowering behind his car. Or it might have been the other. No, he was was running up and down the halls trying to find. Because I guess the school had. Hey, are there any other police here who can help me? Back up, The way the school was set up is it's an open air school. I need a good guy with a gun. (laughs) So it's a bunch of separate buildings uh-huh. with all the lockers on the outside and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And he could hear the gunshots, but nobody's, I guess you could see him grab somebody and like ask, like talking to him. They go around one direction, then more shots and they run. They're trying to find, Hey, where the fuck is this happening? at? Oh, uh, where, where's all the sound and commotion coming yeah. from? And, yeah. I guess. So that was one of the officers that they said didn't run into one is like, no, well, from the look from the security footage, it looks like they're trying to find it. Yeah. Well, the ones, the ones that were, cowering behind cars was it that was at columbine yeah well and they had had officers like the the couple of the first responders who showed up to the school stayed outside at their cars yeah and that's rather than going in that's 
well, the Which writing maybe policy or whatever. It, it, a lot of that is policy because the writing's starting to change a lot for that nationally to try to write it. So hey, yeah. just go balls to the wall in once you get get your boom. You're there. Go in. No more sitting outside. <laughs> You uh, made me. Well, you made me just yeah. think of that terrible, terrible song and the video. Have you seen the the? You put your balls to the wall. Have you watched the? I I haven't. Uh, we'll have to watch that during one of the breaks. Yeah, even for us, they really they good. were <laughs> they were talking about taking us through a SWAT medic course. Yeah. So that if there was a, a shooting nearby and our guys responded to it, we would go in with them. Hmm. So basically, you have the cops in front and people, first responders, the EMTs and the medics falling right behind the cops and going to victims as soon as they come to the door. People filling in behind them, yeah. Yeah, I, I did. I just, I, I'm getting really tired of having the gun debate. I know. Which sucks because it's like, it's the, it's the apathy that we see with politics. Uh, well, what's, well, it should have been settled in the 90s. just shitty behavior overall. Like, like it's just so common. That people are like, oh yeah, this thing again. I'm yeah. I'm wore out. I'm tired of talking about it. Yeah. Well, well, and and you have to start over every single time you get onto an ammo file and have an argument with them. Yeah. They start out with all the exact same stuff, you know, and and you got to start at the very beginning and then work your way down the same exact argument. They're parroting all the bullshit they've heard. Well, all that's the why, same n- nonsense. That's why with this guy, I'm like, dude, I've had mm-hmm. a lot of these conversations and. The way that you're commenting here makes it look like you've never, ever had a conversation exactly. who disagrees yeah. with you. Well, it's like, I've, I think I've said it before. In the ninth, it's like 1920s or whatever. Uh-huh. Guy throws a stick of dynamite into a fucking school, single house school, kills a bunch of kids. Dynamite's harder to get. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 1995. Yeah, I was going to say that was going to be the third one. But then oh. I was going to say like 19, 19, uh, 30s and 40s with the mobsters and gangsters using fully automatic fucking Tommy guns and mm-hmm. and or 50s when they're using the the BAR all these fully automatic machine guns. Well, what happened? Fully automatic machine guns are basically well, they're you can still get them, but it's extremely fucking hard to get one. They're yeah. really super expensive, so you, you can't just go buy one off the shelf anymore. Yeah, then Oklahoma City. Yeah, your using, average citizen can't, can't just walk get, into yeah. a gun store. Get, then, walk uh, into a gun store. Yeah, one. Oklahoma yeah. City using easily acceptable. Uh, accessible ampho and mixing it with diesel from the fucking farmer's market. Mm. Now that's illegal. Well, I don't think they get diesel from the farmer's no, market. Well, they probably do. I mean, have you seen some of these country farms places? They, they grow diesel out in their fields. Well, they have special diesel. <laughs> but it, And it's and it's chemical free. And, and Oh, no, it's got more chemicals yeah. in it. G- Non-GMO certified. Non-GMO you, you, haven't, you haven't seen the, uh, what is it? Organic. The red diesel? Organic, yeah, organic diesel. You haven't seen the red diesel? <laughs> Well, yeah, that's for use on farm. Well, yeah, so See, I worked. Saying. They might have, they might sell at the farmers market. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know if you guys know, but I worked at Flying J. Okay, which is uh, I didn't or was a large. Yeah, they got sold to someone else now, didn't they? Yeah, they they own a they used to own a refinery here. They yeah. may still own the refinery. No, I don't know, but they 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 owned a refinery here and pipelines and uh, had several. You know, gas stops, convenience stores, trucker, trucker, truck stops, trucker, trucker, truck stops, (laughs) trucker. And and so I worked for them for a couple of years, two or three years, maybe a little bit longer. And so, yeah, I, I, I learned all about all of these things about different types of fuel and how it's refined and, you know, what goes where and that, yeah, uh, 
diesel fuel that is sold for agricultural purposes. It's taxed differently. In your, yeah, is, you know, for use at your farms and your tractors and shit like that is taxed differently. So it's a lot less expensive, but they also put a red dye in it so that you can't just fill up your diesel it's, truck or semi or yeah. anything like that with it because if the cops pull you over they open up your tank and they're like oh you have agricultural diesel in your truck and we're gonna give you a big fucking fine that's why i knew guys that had false tanks in their vehicles oh yeah i knew one guy that had he would have a plug he could basically put into the the normal gas cap to where it was filled with a few gallons worth of diesel fuel. So if he went and checked it, he'd pull out his diesel. Yeah. But then he would actually fill the tank from somewhere else. With the agricultural with diesel? With the agricultural yeah. diesel. <laughs> you sneaky motherfucker. He also had a, his family had a farm. Yeah. So he would just get the diesel from the farm. Yeah. And put it in his normal. Yeah. Well, and it's, truck. like I say, it's, it's a lot less expensive than oh, yeah. regular diesel yeah. because they, it's taxed a lot differently. Uh, if at all, it kind of, well, it depends on your locality, but. Yeah, so I know I know quite a bit about that. I'm not sure how we got on that. Oh, because of Ampho and diesel mixing in. Oh, right, 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 yeah. You can get it at your local farmer's market. But yeah, but typically <laughs> when when there's a horrendous- ask sister about that. <laughs> yeah. How they grow organic diesel. I'll ask. <laughs> yeah, or, typically, do, or do lesbian farmers do that? Do they handle any of that? or is that- Well, they got corn, so they might be able to make biodiesel on their farm. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ethanol. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, to your, to your point, I mean, typically when there's a horrendous- event that takes place where human life is lost yeah we do something to try to mitigate that in future circumstances well, to make I, it less easy for people to carry out the same type of thing well even with other things we do studies on them yeah we had the national highway safety the ntsb yeah national transportation safety yeah. board uh they're like hey we got all these people dying in accidents you know how do we prevent these deaths in car accidents they actually made it be put on the the Medical reports, like for EMTs and paramedics, when they show up, was the person wearing a seatbelt? And they found, holy shit, people aren't wearing seatbelts. And in cases where they're not wearing seatbelts or the car didn't have seatbelts, they're the more likely to fucking die. And, yeah. So it's, hey, we're going to require all vehicles that have seatbelts in it. And we're going to make it a law that you must fucking wear to prevent deaths. Mm-hmm. But since we can't, we're not, they're not legally allowed to do federal studies on gun deaths. Yeah. They can't collect that data. But we know what we, yeah. we, we know enough though about it. I mean, we it's do. like there, yeah, it, there's, there's enough private groups out there that keep the information and actually have stuff studied, on I, it, but they even me personally, I know enough. Yeah. I just read a bunch of numbers about Pulse, Las Vegas, the church in Texas, uh, Parkland, uh, Newtown, Columbine. We talk about all of that stuff is enough for me to say, okay, enough's enough. Mm-hmm. You guys can't, you get, you don't know how to play with your toys. Like if we figured out a way to stop tsunamis. The fact that the last major one happened in 2004 wouldn't matter to me one fucking bit. Yeah. Because 250,000 people got got killed in that. You know, and if and if some fucking dude in Kyoto had an ancient scroll that said something about how sacred tsunamis are and we're not, we shouldn't, but fuck you, we're blocking them. <laughs> I don't care what your paper, like it's- No more tsunamis, doesn't make don't any give a fuck sense. what your scroll we're, says. We're yeah, gonna, it doesn't make build the any wall. sense. Yeah. I'm Bryce Barkenagle. Have you ever wondered if Joseph Smith was drugging the early Mormons? Turns out it might be possible when you have a fantastic congregation that is witnessing angels floating around in the rafters and think that the temple is on fire and they're running out in the snow and writhing around on the ground naked. Yeah, as it turns out, 
Drugs might be the best explanation. Be sure to check out my Sunstone Symposium presentation on the Joseph Smith Entheogen Theory by punching that into any YouTube browser. And thank you so much for checking that out, and be sure to check out the Naked Mormonism podcast. This is the Godless Revolution. Unanswered questions. Amazing. No one, though they were asked repeatedly, would say whether they thought Stephen Fry, my friend, was in a state of mortal sin or not. They wouldn't tell you. Something about the question brought out their inner coward. Well, I say that homosexuality is not just a form of sex, it's a form of love, and it deserves our respect for that reason. That if, if when, I, when my children were young, I'd have been proud to have Stephen as their babysitter, and I'd told them they were lucky. And if anyone came to my door as a babysitter wearing holy orders, I'd call first a cab and then the police. <laughs> Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. Um, Vermont raised the age to buy firearms, banned high-capacity magazines, and made it easier to take guns from people who pose a threat. The first significant gun ownership restrictions in state history signed into law by the Republican governor. Ooh. Uh-huh. But he's a Vermont Republican, so that's like a Texas yeah. socialist. <laughs> uh, but it is remarkable, a uh, remarkable turnaround for the largely rural state that traditionally has refused to impose restrictions on gun ownership. Standing on the state house steps, Governor Phil Scott signed the three bills into law before a crowd of gun rights activists and supporters of gun control. This is not the time to do what is easy. It's the time to do what is right, the governor said. Uh, Scott, a gun owner, had urged the legislature to pass gun restrictions in the aftermath of what police called a narrowly averted school shooting in Fairhaven by a teenager. He said the incident proved to him that Vermont isn't immune from the school violence that has plagued other parts of the country. An arrest in the February Fairhaven case came the day after a high school student, a high school shooting in Parkland, Florida that left 17 people dead. Okay. So the arrest came a day after the Parkland shooting. How was the kid? Was he like posting online or did a friend I don't report know. him in that one? Uh, Vermont's new gun laws are mild by some standards, but they are part of a trend that states, uh, trend of states passing gun restrictions prompted in part by the Florida mass shooting, said Robert Spitzer, a political science professor at the University of New York, uh, who has written books on gun policy. There's been a movement in a number of states, Spitzer said, but Vermont is significant because Vermont is traditionally such a strong gun rights state and has not moved in this direction in ages, if ever, he said. While gun control advocates have praised Vermont's new laws, the state's traditionally powerful gun rights advocates and members of the outdoor community feel betrayed by Scott, whom many supported during his 2016 election campaign. During debate on the le- on the legislation, many firearms owners milled around the statehouse halls wearing hunter orange vests or hats. Hmm. Very visible. <laughs> you can pick them out in a crowd. Yeah. Well, they, they, everybody's got guns there. They just want to, you know, separate themselves yeah. out yeah. so that they don't get shot accidentally. Yeah, they didn't want to be confused for the statehouse deer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the tyranny of democracy has overwhelmed the protections of my constitutional individual rights, rah, rah, rah. said Bill Moore, a firearms policy analyst for the Vermont Traditions Coalition who fought against the gun restrictions. Vermont Traditions Coalition? Yeah. Uh, that sounds uh, not good. 
Uh, gun rights advocates in the state generally support taking guns away from people deemed dangerous or prone to domestic violence, both covered by the new legislation. But they fiercely oppose provisions in the laws that raise the age to buy firearms from 18 to 21, restrict the size of gun magazines, and require background checks for most private gun sales. What's how does how does that restrict his right or his ability to acquire a firearm? Yeah, and it it, it, it doesn't. Yeah. What if he doesn't pass the background check? Well, then he doesn't, then then he doesn't bad, need one. So fucking sad. But then yeah. his rights infringed. No, it's not because. <laughs> no, it, you, had you not had something terrible on your background show up, you could have been a happy, very satisfied gun owner, sir. But now you can't. Yeah, it's like. So sorry. You, you can't be falsely imprisoned. That's part of our constitution, too. But if you fuck up, you're not falsely imprisoned. You're in prison for a fucking reason. Well, like, would this guy advocate for everybody to have a personal rocket launcher? You know, no. can it, can everybody well, have a rocket propelled grenade launcher? I'm pretty sure there's a can few weapons out there that would want it. Well, that's have different. A thermonuclear warhead. Well, everybody can have a uh, cannon. I think you mean nuclear. <laughs> I've heard the British say it and they're always right. Like clearly he clearly he has a line, right? And how does he draw that line and why why is it that he stops there? It's whatever he's used to. Yeah. And it's and it's only you what's know? currently available, not what was available in the past. Right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, on Tuesday, the, uh, a bipartisan group of Vermont lawmakers urged Scott to veto the bill that contains the provisions they find onerous. Democratic State Senator John Rogers, who represents a rural area of the state known as the Northeast Kingdom. Little pre- Wait, that's part of a state here in the United States? The, the Northeast, Northeast Kingdom? Kingdom? Yeah. Part of the old Vermont? World. And spoke fiercely against some of the gun restrictions is considering a run for governor. It will affect law-abiding citizens while doing nothing to stop evil people and criminals from doing harm to others, Rogers no, said it, of the it, legislation. It, it doesn't affect law-abiding citizens. Well, and do they have because knights? They, because they have to do a background check and stuff now. Do yeah, they have but if that's the law. Yeah, but it puts them out. So it affects law-abiding citizens. Yeah, but if the, if the law is that you're required to have a background check done whenever you buy or sell a weapon, that's the law. Just follow the fucking law. Yeah, but. What but he, I don't want to. Yeah, what, <laughs> pretty much. Then you're telling me that I have to go jump through hoops to have a gun, and that's not fair. Yeah, what what we've got you're is. You're infringing. It says, shall not be infringed. We have a gun's privilege. Yeah. And and their privilege shows all the time. Yeah. It's just like the with the religious bullshit. They don't want to give a. They don't want to give a millimeter, even though they're way, way, way beyond the f- the line of equity or or what's fair or what's legal for both religion and guns. And so any any anything to try to move it back to what's what's right, they're like, nope, fuck that. We're not doing anything. We're not giving you anything. Yeah, which well, is like no one's allowed yes, they to have own knights. modern military weapons. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to buy them from the military. Yeah, but what if you live in the Northeast Kingdom? Nope, you're not allowed there either. Sir Knight. <laughs> <laughs> um, but supporters of the restrictions say the time has come in Vermont. I think it sends a signal that the cultural shift is huge in Vermont, and I don't think there is anything in these bills that's going to take guns away from any law-abiding person, said Clay Lasher Summers, executive director of, the gu- of Gun Sense Vermont. Clay Lasher Summers? which was formed in the aftermath of the 2012 (laughs) elementary school shooting in Newtown, Connecticut. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Huh. Yeah, like I said, how does he draw draw the line anywhere? I don't know. 
Or or would he? I, I bet he doesn't even think about. It. He's never thought about that. Uh, well, I've asked a few people who, uh, you know, a few friends of mine who I have arguments with online about guns, like. Okay, well, where would you draw the line? What should a line be drawn? Are are you advocating that everybody should have fucking, you know, thermonuclear weapons? Because I know I've seen you make posts that North Korea shouldn't have shouldn't have nuclear weapons. Why? Why? Why draw the line? Because nuclear weapons don't kill people. People with nuclear weapons kill people. Right? right? That's the same fucking argument. Yeah, it is. That's exactly the same. And so why would you why would you say that it's no for- they can't have it because they're clearly bad people but how do you determine that? Because conservatives are giant fucking hypocrites and they're and they're like when the argument suits them personally they'll use it. When yeah. when they can turn it around and use it against somebody else they will. Yeah. They don't care about being consistent. It's dumb. I fucking I get tired of having the same argument with different people. I guess that's better than having the same argument with the same person. Yeah, yeah. but it is so annoying to get somebody caught up. Somebody who's just like, it seems like they're just jumping in for the first time. And you're yeah. like, you got to do all this footwork to get them caught up to what the, where the argument is now. And yeah, so like, let's like, go over definitions of what we're talking about. This word means this. This is what I'm talking about. This is a historical reference. We've got, the, yeah, where you've got to start from scratch with somebody. It's like, ah, I get yeah. just fucking tired of that. Yeah, it's like fucking Josephus Whoa. doesn't count. <laughs> I, I, had, I had someone post that's, that's my age. Uh-huh. And said, when I was when I was a kid, AR-15s weren't out there killing people. I'm like, yeah, you know, that's because you couldn't get one when we were kids. Yeah, and yeah, they uh-huh. fucking were. They just weren't in this country. <laughs> well, yeah, but I'm like, I'm like, yeah, there was something called the Brady Bill, where you couldn't have an assault. Where weapon? you couldn't have an assault weapon. Well, technically, it's not even an assault weapon. It's you know, yeah, well, whatever bullshit. Well, that's it they want to like, argue about yeah. like semantics, and yeah. it's like that has nothing to do with it. The guy, a guy, will say that you can't call it an assault weapon. It's that's not a thing. But I got this sniper rifle over here. I'm like, well, you dumb fuck. <laughs> well, what, what, what is the word for tank in German? Uh, tank. Is it? I don't know. Fuck if I know. As or or Chinese be, uh, or whatever, what, where, whatever language it's different. So the fact that they call it that word for that thing, now all of a sudden it's like, nope, oh, see, that's not even a tank now because he doesn't even know what- Because he doesn't even use the word tank yeah, to describe yeah, it. Yeah, he doesn't even know what it is, so that's not it. That's not even it. Yeah, it's like, it's the dumbest fucking argument. <laughs> I wasn't sure where you were going with that, but yeah, yeah, I get it now, like- because you use a different word doesn't change the mechanics yeah, it's of not, it, it and how it operates it, yeah. or its purpose or the, what it's the, used for. But when the you, bottom line of what we're like, and I used that when Todd Starnes, when I did that article a couple months ago, yeah, when Todd Starnes used that same fucking argument that that liberals are don't even know what words they're talking about or whatever. And I'll admit that does hurt credibility. Yeah. But the the analogy I'd make is that you know just because you don't know the an NFL player's college he went to, all the teams he's played for, all the numbers he's had, what his 40-yard dash time is, doesn't mean that the NFL doesn't have a concussions problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they still have the problem and everyone can see that. And you don't have to know all of that information about one specific player to be able to talk about it. Guns are a problem. People are dying because of guns. I'm a lay person with guns and I see that and I, and I'm, and I should be allowed to talk about it. Well, and, and you don't have to know all of the intricacies in how, uh, 
chemical compound to create some some sort of poison is created and know all of the background terminology for the chemistry involved to know that hey this poison is bad <laughs> right. you shouldn't you shouldn't let <laughs> people cool. have this poison and be able to distribute it so easily yeah don't drink drano yeah well what's it made out of well, i don't know <laughs> ah, then you should drink it <laughs> but, it but it kills you actually then you don't know what you're fucking talking about drano is perfectly fine for yeah. people to drink well one of drano's yeah. main ingredients is lye so yeah that shit ain't good for you no. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. I didn't know. Is lie one of the main ingredients? Yeah. I didn't know. So Trump does drink it. <laughs> <laughs> Drinks in all the lies. That's, that's why That's why it dissolves stuff in your fucking pipes. Dude, have you seen that fucking YouTube video? The guy that does the drink the gallon of bleach challenge? No, you got to no, be fucking lying. Because you know how they have to like try to do the gallon of milk or whatever? Yeah. yeah. He tries to drink a gallon of bleach. It's bad it's not good we might have to watch this between segments yeah (laughs) yeah let's take a break because uh we gotta go watch something okay (laughs) hi this is dr hector garcia author of alpha god and you are listening to godless revolution just because they're offended by someone being gay it doesn't mean they're right you know it's a strange thing that comes out of the the, um gay being gay is a choice no being gay isn't a choice you know I want to go, well, go, go, you try it then. Mm. If it's a choice, have a go. <laughs> See how much you like it, you know. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you. Yeah, you think it's fake? I think it's fake. Okay. I think that video was 100% fake. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. makes you think it was fake? Just because of the cutaways? And I stuff? think it's fake because when he takes the first... Because you're... Uh, you're, you're uh, well, well, I'm sure most of our listening audience knows, but in case you don't, Ryan does a lot of video shooting and editing and... Yeah, so I, I but think But he it's... also brings us fake news sometimes. <laughs> what, what? I think once. I only brought fake that news... That would still be sometimes. <laughs> What's well, one time? Sometimes would be... In, in, Inclined that it's more times. Well, if you have if you have one part of of a thing, is it still <laughs> something of this larger? Is it still a part? Or is it just of one part? Thing? Yeah, <laughs> but it's still something of the larger whole, right? Yeah, but it's not a whole lot of that whole. It's one of the whole. Well, we have a large whole. I think I is what know. I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> so in the video, uh-huh. you'll notice when he takes the cap off, it's uh-huh. already been taken off before. Oh, yeah, he didn't have to, nope, uh, nope. like, take the there's, seal off it. Or yeah, there's normally that tinfoil, tinny thing in there. Yeah. He didn't crack that that seal. Well, yeah. I mean, he could have just prepped it for the video. He's made a lot of videos. Yeah, he could have yeah. prepped it with some water inside of it for the first shot. That's possible. Yeah. So in the first shot, he takes a quick, it's quick up and quick down, and he kind of runs around. He's like, I got it in my eyes. And they're washing his eyes out when he comes back yeah, out. So they, yeah, so they cut away from it after they, he they cut away the from first that. few swings. Well, then he goes or... to the sink, and they cut away again. Yeah. And now the shirt he's wearing has bleach stains on it. Uh-huh. It would be way easy to take the same, buy two of the same shirts, yeah. pour some bleach on the front of one shirt and not the other shirt. Or even just the same shirt because we don't see him in the- in a, Yeah, I he mean, could have done that five hours later. Put some bleach yeah. on it, let the bleach do its thing. Now yeah. I go back out and wear it. Well, bleach acts pretty fast yeah. on stuff. Like, and like he, I, so yeah, I, well, I've worked with bleach 
a lot in different things yeah. and like you get a drop of it somewhere and it'll start bleaching stuff well, like immediately. And the guy could have chosen to wear a dark blue shirt so the whiter bleach color showed up. So that it showed it. up more easily, yeah. So like the, he wasn't in a white t shirt or a gray or like a light no. colored shirt. Yeah. yeah. So that those cuts there made me kind of think, I'm like, well, that could be easily faked. And then when yeah. he comes back out to chug it, he basically does the whole thing all in one go. Yeah. Without any issue. You don't see the liquid inside of it until he starts throwing up and he's throwing up a dark red liquid to make it look like blood. Yeah. So it's quite possible that the liquid inside that he, the, the jug the that he was he chugging was red. Was was red liquid, like a red yeah, Kool-Aid that yeah. he's drinking, which since he's chugging a lot of it, and if you drank a lot beforehand too, to induce vomiting. Yeah. He's just vomiting up the same red liquid he just drank. Yeah. Well, and you couldn't you couldn't drink that amount of bleach and without not stopping go to the hospital without going to the hospital and not yeah. stopping. And then you also pointed out the friends. Nobody seems concerned. That's the yeah. kicker for me. He's sitting there, puking, all up, vomiting up all this massive amount of blood, and, and the oh, one guy's just milk. like sliding and casually yeah. sliding him. Here, a glass dude, of milk. drink some milk. This will cure yeah. your bleeding internal. Well, and the <laughs> other thing is systems. Blood that comes up from your GI tract isn't red. It's usually more of a brownish color. Because it's mixed with well, other stuff. If, or, yeah. Well, that's if. Yeah. Well, like a GI. That's older blood. Yeah, well, a GI if bleed. It, if yeah. it's his esophagus it and, been, and yeah, his but, stomach. But that looked like red fucking Kool-Aid. Yeah. It would be bright red, though, if it was I'm colorblind, so I no. didn't even really notice <laughs> if it was. Yeah, I couldn't tell you if it was red or brown. but It, it was the same consistent color through all the vomiting, like it was red. Yeah, that's true. Kool-Aid type color of whatever liquid he drank. Yeah. It wasn't diluted at all. It was a bright red color. So it's like, even if he was bleeding with the bleach, it would he still wouldn't, be He wouldn't have had that much, much blood, blood in his stomach. soon. And it, and it wouldn't have been that dark a color, right? I don't know. Because yeah, it would have been, dilu- it would have been dilu- diluted it would have been, by the bleach. It would have been bleach. diluted with the ble- The liquid from the bleach would have diluted the blood. Yeah, that's and true. also his stomach acid, whatever else was in his stomach, would have diluted the color of the blood instead of being bright fucking red right off the bat. Yeah. Unless he was vomiting straight blood, which he wasn't, you the 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 bleach and everything well, else would be coming and up. When with he it. was in the house and was rinsing out his eyes and stuff, yeah. I'm sure he would have been rinsing out his mouth too, right? Like he's not going to just oh, yeah. stop at his eyes. Yeah, his mouth would have been burning. Well, he should have that, already been vomiting at that point. That rinse time also allows for whatever ulcers he would have created by the bleach to build up a continual bleed in his stomach so that when he goes back out to puke, there's a pretty high concentration of blood. But he only yeah. vomits after chugging the rest of the bottle. Yeah. I'm pretty so sure. The, so the first one, the first bit would be bleach water. and then the rest no, would be. No, that first bit was water. You mean the first bit before well, they whatever, cut away? Whatever, to yeah, I'm, I'm saying, or? I'm assuming, assuming he's doing it, the first bit would be the bleach. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it would be the contents of his stomach. So it would be bloody. Well, but even then he still has that, he, he took a, maybe a, a half a glass of bleach the first, a, a big swig. Mm-hmm. And then he drank the rest of the gallon. So he still got the rest of the gallon of bleach in there to dilute. Yeah. I, I actually agree with you. I just. You're trying to find. I just holes. think that. Yeah. Well, I think it's maybe possible that it's that there's that it's real. Yeah. I don't think it's impossible. It's just uh, he's got shitty ass friends if it's real. <laughs> I, I don't I don't think it's real. And also they, they tried to make it funny. Yeah, they did. They, they, they had a plan going into that. Yeah, yeah. I think you're probably right. Yeah. So. Guy chugging bleach six years ago in a video, fake. fake I think news. it was. I, I think it was horse pooey. Yeah. yeah. Uh that'll wrap it up for us this evening. We're all tired, and 
we actually have already recorded the Patreon portion <laughs> on accident, kind of, sort of. Wait, now you're telling everybody else the trick. <laughs> because we were learning about some other stuff. So uh, at the end of yeah, so uh, the Patreon portion tonight is talking about the uh, masterpiece cake case from Colorado. and the Supreme Court's decision today. That apparently it's perfectly fine if you're religious and want to discriminate against gay people. Even if your state has anti-discrimination laws against gay people. Yeah. Yeah. That you should be able to discriminate against them. Uh, maybe, maybe the narrow part of the decision was, the, was that it's only if it's in, uh, creative effort. If you're, if you're creating yeah. a product, Which maybe. Which is still bullshit. Or a service, uh, that you, can't be compelled to endorse anything by offering your goods or services in support of whatever you don't agree with be on, based on specific religious grounds. But they didn't even really get into that. It was no. all anyway. We'll talk maybe more about it next week. Uh, if we don't, you should absolutely go and listen to opening my, arguments. I'm sure uh, that uh, Andrew will cover it very, very well. Oh, yeah. That'll, that'll be a fun episode to listen to. Uh, but we just gave our initial read of a story from the New York Times and offered our opinion on some of the quotes from the various justices yeah. on the Supreme Court as to their justification for why they ruled against the plaintiffs in the case. And I think the audio that we had was from NPR. Yeah. Yeah. We played a snippet from NPR, uh, Gina Totenberg, I believe, or Nina Totenberg talking about the case and offering a little bit of information about why the court may have ruled the way it did, but it's fucking bullshit. Yeah. Basically is my opinion about it. I'd like to hear what Andrew has to say about it. I'd like to hear what Andrew Seidel has to say about it as well. Uh, I think, I think Andrew Torres and Andrew Seidel had differing opinions on which way the case may swing. And mm. I think, I, I think Andrew Torres said that he was, thinking that the court would rule in defense of the cake the baker. baker. And Andrew Seidel was saying, oh, no, that's no, that's not going to happen. And I could have those reversed. I, I can't remember for sure. But go and check out Opening Arguments. It's a great show with Thomas and Andrew. Uh, and I'm sure that they'll do a great job covering that. We are not legal experts by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, don't fucking lie. But, I mean, just based on... Thinking rationally about it yeah. and reading the, the court's decision and quotes from the justices and everything. I think, I think it's pretty clear to see that this was a bullshit thing. Yeah, they weaseled around it. Yeah. But before we go tonight, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters. And who would that be? That would be Vanessa. Michelle Short. Christy Kalbach. Newmania. Alan Firth. Larry Wilson. Two skeptical chaps. They have changed oh. their name. So the, apparently two skeptical chaps have, well, not apparently, they have, they have started a Patreon yeah. account. And so when Dr. Dan set that up, he had to change the name because you can't have, well, you can, but it would be weird to have yeah. a podcast okay. named differently on Patreon than yeah, the show actual, itself. Yeah. So, so you, Matt gets a break on that going forward. Yeah. <laughs> Let them eat Kofefi. Uh Steven Anders. <laughs> the Foz, who is a new patron. Yay. Thank you, The Foz. Yay. Thank you very much. Janet Uter. Jeff Peterson. Marius Kot Butrakowski. Utah Outcast. Megan Kennedy. Andrew Vodapich. Brandy Hamrick. Jeremy Goodson. Angelica Pearson. Wesley Aaron. Savita Kuna. The Purple Dragon. And Taylor Grin. 
Thank you all very much. I forgot to mention earlier that I that I met a whole bunch of fans of the show at the Pride oh, Festival. Awesome. Uh, Was yeah. it because of the shirt you were wearing? Maybe. Okay. No, I, well, I think people knew that I, you know, I'm on the show and I'm with Atheists of Utah and that I was going to be at the Pride Festival. And so there were a lot of people who are fans of the show who stopped yeah. by and they're like, hey, thanks. Uh, love the show. It's great. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Angelica, Angelica stopped by uh, nice. with Shanley and, and, chatted for a bit it was great to see them a whole bunch of other fans of the show i feel bad that i may not mention your name while we're recording this little bit but thank you very much for coming and and chatting with me and uh expressing your appreciation for the show i really thanks for listening yeah thank you very much for listening i i appreciate you stopping by and saying hello it's always always fun to meet fans of the show and chat with them about stuff because our fans are fucking awesome yeah they're all really cool people and so until next week Crucify cheap bullshit reasons that you would rule against a gay couple in their pursuit of justice in getting cakes for their wedding. Yeah, and why don't you just leave us a review about that? (laughs) What what will happen if they do? Fucking we don't know yet. Well, they won't achieve... Uh, Enlightenment. Nirvana. Yeah, we can do that one too. (laughs) And rate the show five times a day toward Clorox.
stuck a bomb in everyone's ass They don't keep us alive We're gonna fight for the right Build a wall with the bodies of the dead And you saved Make the world scared Come on, show me the sign of victory I was watching the meter yeah. like, is it going to pick this up? Is it going to pick this up? Uh, okay. Did you see any of the feedback on our Jordan Peterson I, episode? Where was it at? Uh, comments on our YouTube video. Oh, we I got a couple emails. I didn't see that. E- I didn't see those. No. <laughs> Shitlords pissed off or what? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, in this one, this one guy, <laughs> this one guy wrote like this giant long comment. And I read all through it, and I'm like, remove. (laughs) And so then he sent us an email with a whole Uh. bunch more, and I'm just like, delete. (laughs) And then he sent another one. I was like, oh, really brave, you fucking pussies. (laughs) I'm just like, I'm delighting in the fact that this is making him so fucking mad that he spent all this time, and I'm just like, delete. Grow up a little and use your mind or stay a hypocritical pussy. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm glad I didn't waste my time fucking yeah. engaging this guy because he's clearly just an asshole. And then there was this other guy who was just, he was the first guy to comment. So I replied a little bit back and forth with him. But, and then he went away and then this other guy came on and started making those long comments. And this guy was liking those comments and everything. And, and then I just removed him and I was like, that that just makes me I'm doing this for my own personal yeah. entertainment, removing your long, drawn out bullshit comment that I know is gonna piss him off <laughs> that he spent so much time yeah. creating it and I'm just like, bye bye. <laughs> what if I've gotta kill a bar? A bear's out in my yard. I gotta kill a bar. Go back in your fucking house. <laughs> Stay out of bear country. What if I need to protect my pregnant wife because there's a bar out in the yard and <laughs> what's coming to house? I would well, tell him that's the price of freedom. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what? Bears get hungry too. Your wife is a sacrifice to the bear. He's not hungry anymore and you're safe. The bear gods will be appeased one way or another. <laughs> it's the circle of life, Simba. <laughs>